It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And one of the things I am not going to be able to explain why is the way we're going to lead off this story today. And that is with this craziness out of Kansas City. Andy Reid let Patrick Mahomes practice on Wednesday less than a week after he dislocated his knee. Now, he wasn't in pads. He wasn't running around. He's just throwing. And Andy Reid said, we're just going to see how it goes. Didn't rule out Patrick Mahomes from playing on Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. This is madness. And I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a team that is going to spend $200 million on Patrick Mahomes. A team that views this player as its franchise. That, that believes he is everything that they can be over the next decade is going to put a risk like this on his plate. And of course he wants to play. Andy Reid said that after it happened, he wanted to go back in the game and they basically had to convince him to go get his tests done and chill. Of course he wants to play. Aaron Rodgers wanted to play with a tibial plateau fracture. He probably should not have played. And frankly, if he hadn't played, maybe Mike McCarthy is still the coach because you can blame, you know, the backup for another season of injuries. And, and you just say, well, look, we didn't have Aaron Rodgers. He, he cannot possibly play. And yet he might. It is a crazy position to be in. And if you're the Packers, look, Matt LaFleur said, we are going to prepare for Andy Reid's offense with the understanding that it could be Pat Mahomes, it could be Matt Moore. And the the more salient point from him was, look, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Travis Kelsey, they have two running backs that are dangerous. Sammy Watkins may or may not be back. They've got these other receivers that can make plays that you've probably never heard of but have caught touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes because that's just the way this Chiefs offense works. And there's a lot to prepare for, and he's absolutely right about that. And we're going to break down all of that later in the show. It just... It, it boggles my mind they would even think something like this. And I, again, I think it's very unlikely. I mean, I think the percentage chance is like less than 1%. But this is Andy Reid playing the game. And we know that the offense is going to be different. The game plan is going to be different. It has to be different with Patrick Mahomes versus Matt Moore, who didn't even play last year. It's like the mean girl's line. She doesn't even go here. He didn't even play last year. So, I mean, the, the, Patrick, this is, the, this is the difference, 
right? Last year, Matt Moore was playing golf, and last year, Patrick Mahomes was throwing 50 touchdown passes and winning MVP and leading the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. That is the difference. That is representative of the difference in quality and talent between those two players. Now, even if Patrick Mahomes can play, not going to be 100%, and we've seen that a less than 100% Patrick Mahomes is significantly less magical than the 100% version. He has not been all-world this year the way he was last year. So this is, this is just another reason why Kansas City would be crazy to play him. Let him get 100%. Let him be healthy. And, and let him be there when your team needs him in the second half of the season. This is, this is not me saying, oh, you know, play the worst guy so that the Packers can win. No, no, I don't, I don't care. In fact, I would much rather see Patrick Mahomes. I would rather see Mahomes versus Rodgers. But if we're going to see Mahomes versus Rodgers, I want the real Mahomes versus Rodgers. I want two guys going at it at their apex. I want mano y mano. I want, I want Ali Frazier. I want Tyson Holyfield. I want the real thing. I want the, I want the big fight, not this one. So I don't expect that we're going to get Patrick Mahomes, but we might. And we have to be prepared for that as, as observers Fans have to be prepared for that, and obviously the Green Bay Packers have to be prepared for that. And and they got some good news on that front because Darnell Savage returned to practice on Wednesday, a full participant, not even just a, a limited, because Devontae Adams came back. He's He was limited. Big Bob Tanyan back also in that limited range. I don't think, you know, we can, we can say definitively at this point their status for this week, but Darnell Savage, barring a setback, is going to play. And I said this on Twitter, it is more important, in my opinion, that Darnell Savage play in this game than Devontae Adams, given what these teams do well, and given the holes and the the advantages that each team has. If Green Bay, especially if Matt Moore is the quarterback, can play with Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, and you can play two deep safeties, and you say, okay, Tyreek Hill, you're not going to beat us over the top, Travis Kelsey, you're not going to beat us in the middle, Anything else you want to do, good luck. That is a formula that can win. Obviously, getting Devontae back makes you a better team. I mean, no one's going to dispute that. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in football. Now, I pointed this out on Twitter, and I think it's worth reiterating. Football outsiders, they do position-specific DVOA. So for those of you that are either new to the show or new to football outsiders, DVOA is defense-adjusted value over average. And... It can be tough for me when it comes to the individual player stuff because it is so outcome-driven. But it is at least one tool in our toolbox as we evaluate these players. And so it, it looks at how teams have handled receivers in the past, all this information, and, and how, how productive they were in those games. And then you, you use that as a baseline evaluation tool. So Devontae Adams among receivers who have reached a certain threshold, I believe it's 28 passes. He was 12th in DVOA this season. Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the 30s, high 30s. So you've got a number one receiver. You've got an elite number two receiver, statistically speaking. And then among receivers who have between four and 28 passes, Jake Kumaro and Alan Lazard were each in the top 10 in DVOA, each in the top 10. 
Now, Geronimo Allison is is the guy who's who's really fallen behind. You know, he's in like the bottom 15 of that first group of receivers, the guys who are, you know, regular players, consistent contributors. He has not been good. And, and look, he hasn't been good. And as a listener pointed out in the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, there was a big play early in the game that was negated by a an offsides penalty that Tony Romo acted like was obvious, unabated to the quarterback. And I don't know, didn't didn't look unabated to me. Looked like the, the same kind of offsides penalty Aaron Rodgers has thrown touchdowns on a million times before. But none of that is to take away from the fact that Allison has just not been great this year. But you have secondary players, and this is in this case, it's more like tertiary players who are playing really well relative to their role. Having elite role players is one way that you can look at great teams. Great teams don't just have superstar players, and they do, generally speaking. But you need more than that. You need great superstars, and then you need the glue. You need the worker bees. You need the 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 guard. You need the gunner. You need the long snapper. You need that third receiver. You need that second running back, and and you need them to be. You know, in a, in a perfect world, you need them to be really good, but at the very least, you need them to not be net negatives. So in this case, the Packers have. Elite, statistically speaking, tertiary playmakers in the passing game. And we saw that on Sunday. Getting Devontae Adams back would be a huge boost. There's no question about it. I mean, Devontae is Devontae. And if he's on the field, this offense can become, you know, pert near unstoppable to to borrow some some vernacular that is not really part of my everyday life. <laughs> The Packers can win this game without Devontae Adams. They've proven they can win games on the road against good teams without Devontae Adams. The defense has fallen off without Darnell Savage. There's just no way around that. And Will Redman had a good game against Dallas, but he had a miserable game against Philadelphia and was inconsistent last week. Obviously, there were issues with Darren Waller, and they blew some coverages. Adrian Amos was actually pretty good. Ben Fennell wrote about this for The Athletic. It's one of those things, you know, it's easy to to criticize some of the obvious stuff. But when you really know what to look for, and and there are plenty of times when I am not that person. That's why I am deferring to guys like Ben. You can see that, you know, this person excelled despite the struggles of the rest of the team. And that it's unfair often to paint with broad brushes about these things. Oh, the defense played poorly. Well, no. The defense played poorly in this particular way because of these particular plays that were made or not made by these particular players. And that nuance and context is crucial. So getting Darnell Savage back, I mean, you think of the way this defense played with him on the field, and it's huge. I mean, look at look at what they did to Minnesota and look at what Minnesota has done to the rest of the league. And, and they did that with Darnell Savage in week two, in week three the turnovers that they created, the turnovers that Darnell Savage created. He's a playmaker, and that speed and impact on the back end against Tyreek Hill, against Sammy Watkins if he plays, to be able to control the middle of the field against Travis Kelsey. It's so essential for Green Bay defensively because they, all they have to do to win this game, because they, I think they're going to be able to run the ball, because I think they're going to be able to throw the ball against this Chiefs defense, is not give up big plays. Whether Matt Moore or Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, the goal against Kansas City will be to not give up big plays. And the player who gives you the best chance to do that is a player like Darnell Savage. 
which makes his return potentially enormous for this Packers team. And before we get to the rest of our show, a reminder, my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today and use the promo code locked on to activate a deposit bonus offer. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so you know the the injury report is a, is a big factor in the scouting report for the Chiefs uh, on Wednesday. Frank Clark didn't practice. Chris Jones, uh, Kendall Fuller, a number of guys uh, who are core to this team did not practice. Eric Fisher did practice, but um, we, we have to base. Our, our evaluation of this team on the players that we've seen on the field. And so I think it's important that we start with the offense because that is the part that is going to be most different and, and potentially uh, variable with Matt Moore. That's what different means, variable. Um, <laughs> so when we're, when we're looking at this game, and trying to project forward what Matt Moore is going to be. The problem is uh, we don't know how different the game plan is going to be from what we saw against Denver. Now, that was a game that was still in the balance when Patrick Mahomes got hurt. There was the Mahomes sneak 
It was 10-3 near the goal line for the Chiefs. And after that, they kicked a field goal. And Matt Moore really didn't do much the rest of the game. When I went back and watched, I was like, man, I really remember this offense looking better than it does now. And, and I think part of that was because Denver looked so bad. <laughs> and because of the, the long Tyreek Hill score. But this offense in their their drives with with just Matt Moore, fully Matt Moore, three plays, one yard punt, six plays, 10 yards punt, seven plays, 24 yard punt, two plays, 73 yards touchdown. That was the long Tyreek Hill play. Six plays, 14 yards punt, three plays, zero yards punt, five plays, 30 yards field goal, three plays, five yards punt. Not a great day. And Matt Moore averaged a little over six yards an attempt against Denver if you take the Tyreek Hill play out. And you, and you can't, obviously, because that play counts. It matters. Uh, but if you take that long touchdown out, Matt Moore averaged a little over three yards an attempt against Denver. That is bad. It was all underneath stuff. And really, the only time they were able to move the ball with any sort of efficiency, they got a turnover on downs against Denver. LaShawn McCoy broke a run, and that was the field goal late in the game to make it 30. And then it was the touchdown. That was a two-play drive, a 57-yarder to Tyreek Hill, which was a very good throw from Matt Moore right over the defender, and then Tyreek Hill does the rest. This is going to be what the Packers have to avoid. And, And getting Darnell Savage back from injury would help them do that. The difference in this defense with and without Ty, uh, Darnell Savage is pretty clear at this point. I mean, just look at the, the difference in the secondary with and without Darnell Savage. So it's the kind of situation where, you know, I know he's a first-round pick and he's a rookie, but he has been the starting safety from the jump. And so to to lose him is important because any starter lost is important. But what he brings from a speed standpoint, from a playmaking standpoint, against an offense that, you know, albeit with Patrick Mahomes, was second in DVOA in offensive efficiency adjusted for schedule, first in passing, and 22nd in rushing. Now, if you're going to be a nervous Packer fan about this offense and the run game, again, I said 22nd in rushing, and they're second last in adjusted line yards by Football Outsider. So they do not move the pile. They do not move bodies along the offensive line. And so this Packers team, it's a little bit of a get-right game for this front. Because even if Eric Fisher can play, they're still banged up on the interior. Uh, and and this has not been a team, even when healthy, that has been great at protecting Patrick Mahomes. 16th in pressure rate allowed, 19th in pass, ru- pass rush win rate that is a hell of a tongue twister <laughs> sixth in adjusted sack rate which I think is mostly Mahomes I think this is a, a, a average to slightly below average offensive line pass blocking and a bad run blocking line right now and Mahomes makes it go and he can he can escape the pocket and he's not going to go down because he is so hard to deal with this offense Matt LaFleur talked about this yesterday he said it doesn't matter who's going to start obviously this whole discussion is different if Mahomes is on the field no matter who is going to start they do so many things well there's so many things to prepare for so much misdirection so much play calling prowess from Andy Reid and you've got it's not just Tyreek Hill it's not just Travis Kelsey you've got these secondary pieces LaShawn McCoy can do stuff Damian Williams and and McCole Hardman is a problem had a punt return that that created a big play he is a walking 
splash play, jet sweeps, receiver screens, go routes. You need all of your dudes on the field to handle the speed of this Kansas City team. Now, the offensive line, I do think, is a place where Green Bay can take some advantage. Cam Irving, if he does have to play, and Eric Fisher's been out the last five games with a core injury, core muscle injury, which is a little nonspecific, but core muscles are, are the word, is it's right in the name, core. Your core stability, your core strength, all of it relies on your core. That's why those that word is in all those names. <laughs> this is sparkling analysis so far. Uh, it, it is going to impact his ability, even if he's out there. Probably not going to be 100%. And when you have to face Preston and Zadarius Smith, you know that that can be a potential problem. So that's a matchup that I think Green Bay can can look to exploit. Cam Irving, 153rd in pass blocking grade by PFF among offensive linemen, 70th among offensive tackles. So that is it's not good. I don't I don't yeah, I'm not a mathematician, but that seems not good. It was 10-6 when Mahomes got hurt against the Broncos. They kick the field goal with more in the game, but they can't do anything. Okay, 13-6. They get a field goal from that Mahomes drive and a defensive touchdown, so it's 26. And it was 20-6 to for basically the entire game after that. Uh, you get the Tyreek Hill score, and then the turnover on downs with the field goal that resulted is, is late game, almost garbage time. And it really, you know, it, it is a, a crucial difference. And that seems obvious, and it is obvious, but... The Packers were unable to get pressure consistently on Derek Carr last week, and he was able to get the ball out. I don't think it's going to be as easy for Matt Moore to run this offense that same way because the Gruden offense is built like that, and the Chiefs offense is not. There are plenty of built-in throws for Patrick Mahomes, guys schemed open, and there are plenty of short throws, really cool screen designs and dump-offs and outlets and get Travis Kelsey the ball in space quickly and get Hardman and Hill the ball in space quickly. Green Bay is going to have to rally to the ball and they're going to have to tackle well to stop this offense, even with Matt Moore. But a lot of the shot plays and the cool play designs to get fullbacks down the seam and tight ends down the field and, and get Tyree Kill in space, it's a lot harder if you can't pass protect. And I'm not saying this Kansas City Chiefs can't pass protect. But they are not a great pass protection team. And Green Bay is going to come in pretty pissed off. And, you know, you you want them to feel that way. And they're they're just going to be less worried about Matt Moore beating them deep. I, I think we're going to see more pressure from Mike Patton. Dare Matt Moore to get the ball out and make plays. Because, you know, you, you sit back there and play zone and rush four and, and just let him sit back there. He is still a professional quarterback. He can still beat you with his arm. And if you give him opportunities, he'll beat you. And, you know, I think Derek Carr is, has been a little bit of a, of a whipping boy over the course of the season and the course of the last years. Derek Carr is better than Matt Moore, no question. But the skill sets are similar in that what they want to do is get the ball out quickly. And you have to be able to rally to the ball and tackle. It's why getting Darnell Savage is key. It's why I think playing Oren Burks, this is a great week for that because you need someone who can cover Travis Kelsey. Adrian Amos played well in coverage last week despite you know the issues with Darren Waller. So this is an opportunity for the Packers to really um, to, to, to make up for a performance that I'm sure they would like to forget. 
Before we finish up, let's talk about Peloton because they're offering a limited time offer to my listeners. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Today's episode is also brought to you by my bookie. As a true football fan, you already know just as the sure, as sure as the seasons change, Aaron Rodgers will keep the Packers in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite football action pros and college. They always have the most up-to-date lines, the most prop bets of any sport sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie right now. MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put $1,000 in, they will give you $1,000 back. That's double your initial deposit so you can use that money on all of your favorite picks. Just go to MyBookie.ag and enter the promo code LOCKEDON because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, so defensively, um, this is uh, the, the numbers are, I think, more sympathetic to the team than maybe the the play on the field reflects. 13th in DVOA, 4th against the pass, 29th against the run, 2nd last in adjusted line yards there too. You can move this Kansas City defensive front. And and Derek Nottie played really well against Denver. Um, If Chris Jones is back, obviously that is a, a major improvement for them. But they don't get pressure on the quarterback consistently, 24th in pressure rate, 28th in pass rush win rate. I got it that time. But they are ninth in adjusted sack rate. So they get sacks when they create pressure, but they don't create pressure often, which is going to be a problem. You know, if you if you create three or four sacks in a game, that's not a huge deal if it's the only time you're creating pressure. If you're an offense and and you get sacked, you know, this is, you know, the Raiders. You know, they got a couple of hits on Aaron Rodgers, but that was it. It was it was just a couple of hits. And every time else, he was getting the ball out. He was not bothered by what they were doing, even with Frank Clark. And Frank Clark, apparently not 100%. You have Chris Jones. We don't know if Chris Jones is going to be back. Uh, It doesn't look like it right now. There were an early report he was going to practice, and then it seems like he didn't practice. So we're going to see, you know, in the next couple days what's going on there. Obviously, our show tomorrow will have a better idea of what's going on with the injury situation. But they were able to tee off against the Broncos uh, and get them into a ton of favorable down and distances for their defense. You know, the, the Garrett Bowles and those guys, they just couldn't handle anything Kansas City was doing. It was either a sack or it was holding calls, and Joe Flacco was terrible. They also created a fumble touchdown. They got a missed field goal. So there were a lot of fortuitous circumstances that led to the blowout of the Broncos. The personnel here, especially without Kendall Fuller in the secondary, it's not great. Uh, Brashad Breland, who Packer fans will will be familiar with. Honey Badger, who Packer fans are going to just sort of know by name recognition. They're, they have a rookie starting at safety in Juan Thornhill, but the linebackers are exploitable. They did a lot early on with Denver where they have this 4-3, which is going to be their base, but they played this 4-3 with Raglan walked down on the edge, so it's more like a five-man front, similar to what the Packers have been doing with, with their traditional 3-4. Uh, only they actually have five guys who are traditional pass rushers on the field, three defensive linemen with the two outside linebackers. KC has has been using Ragland more like that. Just go get the quarterback. He is a downhill player, uh, and and you know the Packers are going to have to account for that. They're going to have to win their individual battles. This is a team that is that is set for that. If if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to blitz Aaron Rodgers, 
Uh, he is the number two quarterback in the league this year against the Blitz. And, and you, I mean, the Raiders, Rodgers played totally in control against them. Even when they brought pressure, he knew where it was coming from or where it wasn't coming from. Those double A-gap mug looks, Rodgers was like, yeah, I see you, and I know who's coming, and I, I know who's not. And even if they are coming, I know where the hot is, and that guy's going to be ready for the ball. I mean, just in total control. A lot of what this defense does is it is going to try and, and trick an opposing offense. It's going to try and overwhelm them. With, with blitz schemes, that's part of the point is to be a little bit more aggressive than they've been in years past, and they play a lot of man coverage. So Green Bay is going to have to be ready to beat that. You know, if they can get Devontae Adams back, that's a that's a big deal. But here's the, here's the key, I think. Green Bay's run, run offense. They can run the ball against Kansas City with Aaron Jones, with Jamal Williams. And so if you can do that, you can create play action, you can keep this pass rush off balance, and you can keep Aaron Rodgers clean. And you can use your running backs much like they did against Detroit, much like they did against Dallas, heavy in the passing game because you know they are not the most athletic group. If Noah Fant could catch the ball, he would have had a, a huge game against Kansas City but had a couple drops on throws that Joe Flacco made. He just dropped the ball. Now, the Packers do not have a tight end with the athletic ability Noah Fant has, but Jimmy Graham had a renaissance game last week. Big Bob Tanyan was back at practice. Maybe all of a sudden they have more guys that can take advantage of what's going on with this Kansas City defense than some other teams. And and you have more faith that someone like Tanyan can do it, or Mercedes Lewis even. And so when you look at the matchups here, I think Green Bay has way more matchup problems for the Kansas City defense than the other way around, even though Kansas City creates all kinds of matchup problems for everyone, and they're certainly going to create some for Green Bay. But when I look at this Chiefs defense against this Packers offense, I know they're fourth in, in passing DVOA, but they can't pressure and certainly can't pressure without blitzing. And the linebackers are going to struggle against Green Bay's running backs. So even if the corners play well, and you know, Maurice Claiborne and, and um, Bashad Breland and, and Fenton and Matthew, who's going to play a little bit of, of traditional corner in the slot, I don't know that it matters because of where these other impact matchups are going to be. And what we saw on Sunday is if you can protect Rodgers, and he is in command the way that he was, it doesn't really matter what you do defensively. He has he has your mail, and he is reading it right now. And, and he's going to be ready for whatever you have to throw at him on Sunday night in prime time, whether Patrick Mahomes plays or not. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and it is our live Periscope show. Um, those are always really fun. I have a lot of questions that I want to get to, some really good questions. And we are, we're also coming up on the bye week. And so in a, in a few weeks here, so get those bi-week questions in, maybe that are more macro level, 10,000 foot view questions. I want to spend a little bit of time on those as we have a, you know, a mid-season reflection on this season. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you want to catch that Periscope stream or you want to, you want to catch my, my fire takes on Twitter. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do that at Locked on Packers. Uh, like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Leave us uh, a review there. It really does help. Uh, you know, if you follow Nick Costas, from, uh, he's at Sports Illustrated now. He does a lot of betting stuff. He says, don't be a freeloader. Go subscribe and, and rate and all that stuff. I, I agree. I agree, Nick. Go If you like the show, go, go tell iTunes. 
you know, right, I was looking at it yesterday. Our show was ahead of Bill Barnwell's show on the iTunes Top 100. And I guess 200, if we're going to be honest about it. And I was like, wait, how is that possible? Barnwell is like the best. It is, it is because of you guys. And that is, that is freaking cool. So thank you for all your support. Uh, but you know, if you haven't left a review, if you haven't left the rating, go do that in five stars, please. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> and anytime you want to hit us up, you want to be a part of a show like tomorrow on Periscope. We got a lot, we got a lot of great questions and, and I love it when we get to have those discussions. Uh, we get to come together and, and just sort of enjoy being part of this community um, that's great. So hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.